it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My name is Eugene Braxton. Um, I'm from Philadelphia. I had a near-death experience when I was 14. Uh, It was a near-death drowning. I was 14. Now, I used to play a lot of sports in high school and junior high, swimming, track, water polo, basketball. And uh, we had a, a, a church picnic and at a lakes in the summer, jumped off of a dock uh, into the water, feet first. And I got stuck in the muck uh, at the bottom of the lake. And a few other uh, athletes too had uh, drowned in that same lake uh, I learned later. So uh, I was stuck up into the knee. I could not get loose. Um, I sucked in. After holding my breath as long as I could, I sucked in what seemed like trash cans full of water into my lungs. And at that point, I was full with uh, the lake water. And my body went stiff, just like that. And uh, it began, that's when paralysis began to set in. Uh, I was awake, but uh, I couldn't move. I could see and I could hear it, but I couldn't move. And uh, I fell down to die. That's one of like the that's like one of the stages of death. There's like death is like a process, has certain steps in it, uh, that I, I'll go into later. But um, so I'm full of water, I fall over to die, and with my knee still stuck in the muck. Uh, and that's when I noticed that the body was going through uh, several changes. Uh, first I noticed Notice the sense of time slowed down to like a dream, uh, dream time or a dream level of consciousness, how you are in a dream. Uh, then I noticed that the organs in my body were shutting off and I could, I, not only could I feel them, I knew which ones were being shut off or shut down as my body was dying. Like I could feel the liver going out like a soft candle. I could feel the kidneys shut down. I could, the lungs were already stopped. I fell on the bottom of the lake and the lake muck came up and covered me just like a cold death blanket. I was shivering. I was shivering uncontrollably really. And I couldn't stop. Uh, I was paralyzed or what they call rigor mortis set in. And it set in from the toes and worked its way up to the hips, then to the you know head, throat and head, chest, head and throat. Um, paralysis set in. I couldn't move. I could only, I could see straight ahead and peripheral, you know, on the side and I could hear that was it. Uh, I kept shaking uncontrollably. Uh, then all of a sudden, uh, while I was shaking, everything just cut off and, uh, the pain stopped. I was warm again and I felt a safe feeling like everything was going to be all right, no matter what happened. I had already given up any kind of uh, chance of anyone swimming down, seeing me and coming to get me. No one ever did either. So uh, paralysis set in, all the organs had shut down. 
um, I had given up the struggle for life and death and was literally just waiting to die. I could only see uh, straight ahead and hear. The last thing I, I could, at this point, I could hear the heartbeats. That was the only thing I could hear. Uh, had someone jumped down to save me, I would have been able to see them out of the corner of my eye, but no one came. So I was listening to the heartbeats. And as I listened, it got slower and slower and slower. The volume was still the same, but I noticed they were beating uh, less and less each, each beat. And I knew that soon it would stop. Uh, so finally, it did stop. And just and there was a loud boom when my eyes shut. And the last thing I heard was that boom. And at the same time, my eyes shut. Then it was complete blackness. Um, and this is what is known as the dark void. It's like a, a soundless, unconscious uh, state of being. It would be like if you were in a coma inside of a coffin, like that. Um, uh, that didn't last too long. Now that, that boom was the body fully shutting off. Uh, I was in complete darkness, what they called the black void. And that's actually where the body, the spirit body, begins its, uh, begins its separation from the physical body. And just like a leaf falls off of a tree, in the reverse way, when a person dies, the spirit body floats up out of the physical body and regains consciousness for about 15 to 22 seconds after the person dies, per has a permanent death. So there was full darkness, uh, couldn't move, uh, everything went black about 15 to 22 seconds later, which is the same time that it takes for a person to come out of their body during an out-of-body experience. And the near death is a spiritual out-of-body experience. So they're similar. So uh, uh, I regained consciousness after death, 15 to 22 seconds after I died. I woke up suddenly. Now I woke up in uh, a sphere, uh, like a gyroscope, and I was inside of the gyroscope. Um, as I regained consciousness, I could see my spirit body uh, rematerializing to form an invisible double of myself. So my spirit body was materializing into a solid form. And that took about five seconds. So I wake up, I see my spirit body uh, solidifying invisibly and and I can see it glistening too. I could see the atoms and stuff glistening and I could see through the hand and it was sparkling inside the hand. Um, I took about five seconds and that's, uh, that's when I regained consciousness after death. I realized I was somewhere in space and time, but I didn't know where I was. Uh, I looked around and the first thing I saw was my dead body. I was just floating at this time. The first thing I saw was my dead body and it was about nine to 10 feet underneath me or about the height of a basketball hoop. Um, and when I saw that, I remembered what had just happened and I realized that I was still alive. I was glad too. Uh, I realized I was dead, really didn't care. It seemed like it was a mannequin that was laying down there, but I saw the leg was still stuck and I remembered that's where I died. And uh, once I realized that I, I was awake, uh, and I call that the realization of time and space, where the time was uh, the time of death and the space was the invisible realm or what some people call the second heaven. That's where dreams, out-of-bodies, UFOs, all of that stuff happens.
That's also where the afterlife is. So I regain consciousness after death. I look around, notice my surroundings, and I see my dead body. I realize that I have been, I did die, yet I'm still alive. And I was super glad. Once I realized where I was and what had happened, I appeared into this room that was revolving, the life review room. And when a person is having a spiritual experience and they suddenly disappear and appear someone else, that's a lapse in consciousness. And that should be watched because it, it means that something may have happened uh, between, uh, between here and there. Like there is no continuity of consciousness where you remember step by step, you're going to another place. So I appeared in this life review room. I was floating in mid-air in the middle of it. And here I have a picture of it. I can show you. Even better. I was floating in the middle of this life review room. Right here. And um, it's also back here, but floating in the middle of this life review room, um, there were three screens in front of me. It was like a round tire. Or if you can remember at the amusement parks, those rides that we used to get on, we'd stand up and hold onto the bars and it would spin round and round. Then the bottom would drop out and we'd be stuck to the side. It was like that, but bigger. So I was, I was, I was floating in this life review room. The three screens were already running. One showed me everything I had ever done, everything. The other one showed me everything I had ever said. And the other one showed me everything I had ever thought, even in secret by myself. Um, then I was asked by a voice three questions. What have you done for others? What have you done to improve yourself? And have you always believed in me? And he already knew the answers to those questions. At the same time, uh, on the side, uh, there was uh, what some people might feel is like a, a Muhammad, a Buddha, or a Jesus-like figure exhorting God in my behalf to let me into heaven and to the higher realm. Um, now, once I was asked those three questions, and once I said, yes, I have always believed in you, which he knew whether I did or not, I was suddenly again uh, transported to a beach-like setting. And again, that's another lapse of consciousness. Uh, and so I was transported to a beach-like setting. And I naturally looked out on the horizon. And I saw a sun coming up. Let me see if I can uh, show you. I saw a sun coming up in the horizon. Uh, now, this sun was yellow, just like a sun. And I watched, as I watched it, the sun and I rose in unison slowly with it, even though he was on the other side of the sky. And uh, I was no higher than like a, the street lamps on the highway. Um, I rose in unison with it. And I could feel the rays coming from this sun were healing me, like orange, like orange is a, a color of health. And, you, you know, uh, so the orange rays were healing me. I could feel them going right through me. So as the sun got about 10 o'clock in the sky, about the height of 10 o'clock, um, it suddenly, imperceptibly, without seeing it change, it became red. And the red sun started pulsing these waves. Uh, and these were waves of ecstasy, nirvana, and bliss, where the person feels the love sensations, the uh, 
uh, raptures, undulations, almost orgasmic to uh, the person. It is actually orgasmic, but it's coming from like a love-centered place. So the person feels these, I felt these ripples going through me. And just like the orange sun, the red sun had effects too. And these were effects of love, uh, health, healing, everything connected to uh, the color red, but especially love. And you could feel the waves and rays uh, coming uh, and undulating through you, uh, almost to a point where it was uh, something to be noticed. Because in those realms, whenever emotions become too extreme, uh, that's a possible illusion. Uh, just like when a person has a dream and it gets scary to the point where he can take it no more, he wakes up. Um, so I was noticing the super ecstatic uh, reverberations and vibrations that were going through. And when a person is in a dream or has an out-of-body or a near-death or in any of those types of things, you want to have the full emotional control, like just like Mr. Spock, so you can observe fully without reacting to what's happened. And, and in that way, you feel a lot more than you would if you were reacting to it by not reacting. So I was uh, going through these things and watching them, just like the picture of this guy without emotion, just watching it fully and not responding, just observing. Uh, and so the red uh, rays super pulsed through me and also uh, gave me strength and health too, but the love factor and that nirvana, so that's where the level of nirvana and bliss come in. And the person doesn't want to be swept up in those emotions because any kind of extreme emotions, whether happy, sad, or uh, if they're extreme, that's something to be watched. You want to get into the moderate middle part. So at this time, I was still in the air. Um, and it was the red love of God's forgiveness that let me know that yes, I would be allowed into heaven and would have the eternal life. That was the part of the judgment. That red sun was God's judgment saying, yes, you've lived a decent enough life and you've loved me where you can get in. And people are afraid of the judgment, but the judgment is super easy. Where If you had only believed that he was God, you're in. A lot of times people get choked up talking about it because it's, uh, it's like the, the most important thing that a person can go through uh, if you have the near death. I mean, everyone's going to die, but then when you die and get to live again, that's super incredible. And you can't believe it, but you're glad that there is a God and he is the exact one that you need to come at that moment. <clears throat> so uh, the red lights, the red sunlight were super strong, almost alarmingly strong, but I was watching. Then um, after God's judgment allowed me to proceed upward, and there's always a movement upward with the spirit. The person always wants to unite with that that he is from, to unite, merge. The person wants has a natural inclination to go upward, to ascend higher, and merged back in where he is from with God. And uh, I consider myself a mystic. A mystic is someone who, his main goal is to have a one-on-one -on -one conscious union with God. And it can be done, it can be done over and over and over. And for me, that's the kind of life that I like to live. 
and that I need to learn. And the difference between a psychic and a mystic, the psychic is someone who has psychic abilities uh, that he neither fully controls or fully understands. The mystic uh, is someone who has had all those abilities, has controlled them and mastered them. Uh, those are like prerequisites to get up to those higher levels. So there's a lot of things that go with that purification, fasting. You've probably heard of those things that will bring on more spiritual perception. And once a person has one psychic experience, whether it be a, a powerful dream or a deja vu or um, an out of body, uh, then there uh, will probably have another and then another and then another. Once you have a bona fide psychic experience, more will come and the person should get used to them person can also bring on more psychic experiences by doing the nightly meditational breathings right before they go to sleep. That'll help them open up those dream uh, barnyard doors. Uh, the dream, like there's a, a quote, a dream vision, the things we see in our sleep is the primary method by which human beings experience communication with the creator, and it's true. So a uh, person doesn't have to necessarily have a near death to experience that stuff, you can have it through a powerful dream. And people should read about dreams and practice dream control because you can get all those uh, gifts from dreams. And uh, the dreams will lead you to an out-of-body experience. You'll be able to control your dreams so much, you'll recognize the symptoms of an out-of-body. Like one is paralyzation. Just like the paralyzation that occurred when I was dying, the same paralyzation occurs when you're asleep that means that you're getting ready to have an out-of-body. And so whenever you're paralyzed and you're half awake and half asleep, let it happen. Because, in fact, slowly do the breathings during the paralyzation. You'll be able to stay awake and watch the whole, uh, and watch the spirit body literally come out of the physical, move to the end of the bed, and then stand upright. Now, there's a magnetic force. And I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of your videos, and the people talk about a magnetic pulling force. Uh, uh, especially at the time of death and during out of bodies. And that magnetic pulling force is the, the physical body. It's trying to get you back in because the physical body wants to live. But there's an, there's an electromagnetic pulling force that pulls us out of our body during death and it can pull us back into our body during an out of body. But all you have to do is just lean to the side and you can slowly pull away from it. But if you get too close to the bed, it'll yank you back into your body. So, so having the out-of-body really helped me uh, uh, maneuver and operate in that near-death world, which is a spiritual out-of-body. And if the person works on the breathings, the dreams will come, then the out-of-bodies will naturally come. And once you start having the out-of-body experiences that we do have every night, we just don't remember them. And those breathings will help you recall it, too. And if you get sticky with remembering the dreams, do the breathings and put some crystals underneath your, your pillow. You'll remember every detail of the dream then. And there are certain ways to wake back up where you can remember the dream. Like usually you go in reverse. The last, you remember the last thing that happened, then before that, then before that. And the memory starts bubbling up and you can remember a good amount of the dream. Um, so the red light. And so God let me in. I was super happy, super elated. And the person is happy that there is a God. Because when, you're when, you're, when you have died, you don't know whether you're going to heaven or hell, which is no existence at all, like a death-like coma sleep. That's exactly who you want, God to come. Um, 
he's the one who will never let you down. And uh, especially at the moment of death. So the white lights were next. I go through the red, uh, the red sun sphere lights and get over that super emotional feeling. The white lights at, now they say one in 10, only one in 10 people make it into the uh, white lights. And only one in four remember the near-death experience. And I see that with uh, some of the uh, near-death people who come on, you see a lot of the same things being said. The white lights, their primary purpose is to purify, purify and elevate the person which is in spirit body form. It's like a celestial shower that you have to go before you can even come close to God. Um, now I saw those two sun spheres as God because no human could get to God, but so he will come to you one-on-one, -on -one, like they say in the sky, one-on-one, -on -one, and he does. Um, getting back to the white lights. Uh, just like everyone says, um, it's a super white, penetrating, permeating light, but it doesn't hurt at all. You can look right into it, and it's soft, like a cloud, like a white cloud. If you've ever been in an airplane and seen it, like that. Uh, also, the rays are coming from behind the light, and these are the rays that give the, give the person the super after effects, like where they, they heal faster. They can act, even heal themselves. Um, I broke my neck twice, never got it even fixed or worked on. Just let it naturally heal itself. Uh, I had a stroke that I walked off, just naturally walked it off. Uh, so you get in, you get really connected to your mind and body and spirit from a near death. But those dreams and meditations can do that too. You just have to do them consistently. So the white light uh, elevates and purifies to a high degree so that you're fresh and spiritually clean before you step in front of God. Uh, in our condition now, we're not clean enough, uh, inside or out, to go in his presence. And so that white light uh, purifies and elevates the, high, the person. You'll know stuff that you didn't know before when you come back. You'll know stuff there. Also, that uh, white light is uh, uh, the reason for the universal and cosmic consciousness. The cosmic consciousness is smaller. That's where you might uh, know who's going to call on the phone or uh, synchronicities. You know, you say, uh, you just think about someone, they knock on the door. That's cosmic consciousness. Universal consciousness where you know everything all at once. You can know whatever you want. So back to the white lights. I'm uh, ascending upward. And there's like a gravity type pull that's like a tractor beam that's pulling me up, yet I'm willingly going along into the white lights too, because you're yearning to merge and meet and see God, which you can do. Um, because you know that God's behind this, so you're being showered with this white light. It's permeating you and it's filling you with information. Scientists know that there is information in the light, and that white light was the strongest. So you're fully cleansed, you're fully purified, and then um, I briefly passed out, again, another last of consciousness before I got through the end of the white light. And I regained consciousness. I was sitting on like a round platform. And I noticed some beings in the background. And once I started to focus in on them, there was a being right in front of me. 
And this being was what we would call God. It's also what the, uh, the world authorities that I work with called the controller. And I called it the controlling agent in charge. Uh, the controlling agent in charge is a uh, an entity that roams every paranormal corridor and doing what it wants at will. This God, this this controller has complete power over anything in the esoteric realm. So. Um, and I knew that this being that was in front of me was God. And so I wanted to see exactly who he was. I wanted to look into the face of God. And you can see God, but you cannot look directly into him uh, for too long or, you, or remember the experience fully. Because I tried twice. Um, and I, I was put under a kind of swoon. And uh, through the swoon, I was looking at this being. And... Um, and then he knocked me out. And then I, through willpower alone, I looked back up at him again. And uh, I could only, I couldn't see the face, but I could see the figure, but I couldn't look upon the face. And then he knocked me out fully. Um, and as he knocked me out fully, the uh, platform that we both were in began revolving. One went one way uh, and the other part of the this circle went the other way. I was the same thing in the life review where one ring went one way and the outside went the other way. That's super important. So I started, and that's when the the being and I locked, gazed at each other and the, the mixing, melding began. That's where uh, the person mixes with God and becomes one with the fountainhead, which is the mystic stream. So I mixed with this being fully, merged with him, and and that's what they also call the marriage of, with God. Um, uh, was knocked out, and then I woke up at the bottom of the lake, and just like a fish, when he's on the dock of the boat, and you think he's dead, and then you put him in the bucket of water, he wakes back up. The same with me, and something that he thrust me up out of the muck, and I swam to the top, and underneath the dock, Chucked out, choked out gallons of that lake water. And then I crawled up on the beach. And the last thing that I remember of that day was scraping the muck off of my shin. And then, uh, just like any 14 year old would do, I put it in the back of my mind and forgot about it until I was older 17, 18, 19. But uh, I would have a UFO uh, abduction just a few years after that. But that was the near death. One of the most important things that a human can and should do is to know themselves. The person should, the person must find themselves and then find the God within themselves and by themselves. That's an important thing to do. You want to, uh, it's a person's natural and highest uh, inclination to get to know the invisible part of them, that spirit self, that soul. Uh, it's really our soul because the spirit is the personality of the soul. Like they say, you know, he's a, such a spirited young man. So the spirit, and we have a spirit body, but the spirit is literally our personality of our soul. And it's our soul that lives on uh, eternal. So the, what the person wants to do is get to know the other side of themselves. Just like we have two minds, our conscious and subconscious mind. 
and the subconscious mind, the inner mind, that's the awake mind of the spirit body. And uh, through meditation, through dreams, and even through just thinking in to yourself inside your own head, you can get in contact with that nonverbal, uh, silent, invisible you who has more power and is waiting to help you with, with anything you need. And the person has to learn how to communicate with that nonverbal side of them. And through dreams is a good way. And through the meditation, when you're half awake and half asleep. Uh, so the person wants to unite with that spiritual self. And you can practice this right in the dreams, where every night you're getting in touch with your spirit self. And if you want to know something, you can go to sleep, tell yourself, I want to know this. I need an answer to this question. And then let it go. And as you sleep, your spirit body will go out and move heaven and earth to uh, give you what you want. Um, also, uh, we were made in such a way that uh, we can't have anything in this world that we want. Uh, especially if you go along that mystic path of inner self-development, meditation, working on the dreams, the out-of-bodies. And when the person gets to the out-of-body stage, meditation, dreams, out-of-body, then the psychic experiences that they had at nighttime will begin to happen in the daytime too. And, and so you work on the, site or the spiritual side of you at night. And after you get to the out-of-body level, then you'll start having psychic experiences in the daytime or 24-7. And that's when you'll be living in both worlds at the same time where the person will, while awake, be listening for messages from the invisible world, and then while asleep, will be looking for messages from the real world. So that's your real self. And when the two of you meet, just like it says in the Bible, subconscious and conscious mind, then you can have everything, anything in this world that you want. But by the time you get to that level, there's little things in this world that you want, because all those really valuable things are invisible and you can't touch them, but you can build them up inside yourself and make yourself a complete self-actualized 360 degree person by developing that higher self inside yourself. It knows a lot and it can do a lot too. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.